Hey everyone, and welcome. In this episode of Teacher Prep Tech, we'll be talking about integrating technology into your practice and why and how you can use technology to support student learning. I'll be talking with Kimberly Butler, who has her doctorate in educational technology and is currently in the classroom as a physical education teacher. Very excited to have you join us today on Teacher Prep Tech. Hi everyone, and welcome to another podcast of Teacher Prep Tech. Today we are joined by Dr. Kimberly Butler, who is also an adjunct. We got to hear a little bit about your bio, Kim. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me here today. Absolutely. We're stoked to have you here because not only are you a doctorate in educational technology, but you're in the field. You're on the front line working with today's kids in the classroom. So you got that headspace of research, but you also have that classroom application that our teacher candidates need to hear and helps them bring that research to practice. Today, we're going to talk about educational technology, which is your wheelhouse and application use. Tell us, why should teachers bring tech into into their practice? A couple of reasons. One is that's where our students live. This this is the multimedia generation. Our kids are, are very much engaged in technology. And if we were to teach them the, the old way with just talking to them, they're, they're going to tune out, honestly. Mm-hmm. So this is where they live. And another reason to use technology, it, as a teacher, by if you use it smart in a way, it frees you up from having to be the person talking to the students. The students are engaging with the content and that frees you up to facilitate the, the lesson. You get to move around and, and, and help students in smaller groups. Right. So it allows for you, as you said, student-centered approach and the flexibility to provide more individualized instruction vis-a-vis technology which are awesome tools. So essentially the students aren't just staring at an app or a screen. I mean, what's happening? Like how does this actually come to life and what does it look like? Well, that's a great question. Uh, I'm a PE teacher. So I teach ninth and 10th graders at high school PE. And I'll give you some examples of how to use technology in PE and our, our, our other subject areas to get some ideas. All right, give you an example of QR readers. QR codes. If I'm teaching a self-defense unit, let's say, and I post around the gym little instructions like, let's say, how to escape from a wrist grab. And another one is how to escape where somebody's choking you. So just various escapes. The students would go around with their smartphones, grab the, there's a, a slide, like a PowerPoint slide, they print it out, they print a thing, they can get the QR code. It explains to them how to do the escapes. And so they can work on it at their own pace following through the steps and that frees me up to move around and give them feedback and give them, you know, encouragement and making sure that they're on task. And they will be on task because they need to get through all of the, all of the, the stations by following the QR codes. Oh, okay. Another, so so yeah. they're walking around to different stations. Let's say you have four stations or five stations based on the standard, which you said was self-defense, which I didn't even know was a ninth grade standard. That's amazing that they're learning that. Um, it's a 10th grade. Yeah, it's a, it's a course two, 10th grade standard. That's awesome um, that they're that they're bringing that in. And then are they? you said they have their smartphones, so it's kind of like a bring-your-own-device. Is that what's happening? Yes. yes, they're welcome to bring their own device with them. Their school also issues um, Lenovo's, the little, the little laptops that has a camera on it, 
Also, oh, okay. another way we have a laptop, car, uh, iPad, we have the iPad cart too. So any of those options are available. But a lot of kids have phones. Right. With them and then PE Wi-Fi to let them bring it. And with the, with the phones nowadays, too, you don't even need a QR reader app. The camera just scans it and brings you to whatever, you know, website you want them to go to. Exactly. And so when they get over there and they're scanning the code, what happens? Is there a video? Are there questions? Like, what are they doing and how do they know how to do it? Good, good question. It is a, it's a video that, so I haven't, I haven't, I used to have. Before, older days, we had a whole DVD system of how to do escapes and, and, and go through it. And, and that used to be the very much direct instructional model. And that was, kind of shows how the evolution went. I took that large video and I chopped it into clips using iMovie and just posted it up on, on my own Google, my school-issued Google Drive. So what I did is I put the QR code to link to the small video clips that went with it. And the performance cues, the words that they needed to do was on the printed slide. So they could see the words, step one, step two, step three. And then by watching a very short video on how to do it, then they could read the text and see the video and then practice safely with their partner. Oh, okay. So they're watching someone do it, like an, an expert. They're reading the text so that they're getting some more knowledge. Talk about UDL. How do you assess that and know that they're actually doing it if you're walking around at different stations? Great question. This is then they turn the camera on themselves and they have an escape, their best escape, and they turn it into a GIF. And then they're going to submit that onto our online gradebook. Oh, okay. And if I don't know what a GIF is, can you tell, tell us what that is? Okay. So the students are going to create a short video of themselves. And they can use an app. It's a, it just is, well, you've probably seen it on the internet or social media. It just repeats it over and over. It's just a very short three to five second video clip. Right. It just loops through. Yes. I think I've seen several um, political puns of those. <laughs> yes. And so the students, they, they remarkably already know how to create GIFs. They've done it. They know how to work with it. It's not not a lot of teaching that has to go in. You just tell them that's what you want to do is create a GIF. But there is also how to do GIFs instructions. It's easy. You can refer them to that. That's the formative assessment part of it. By the end of today, I need to see a, a GIF of you, one wrist grab escape, one choke, and one hug escape. So there's this is what I need to have uploaded today. There's like an exit slip that needs to right. be uploaded. Is there a particular, you said there was a particular app that you've been using for the GIFs? Uh, just create a GIF. And that there's, it's called create a GIF. And there are other ones because schools, and I'm going to say that sometimes schools have um, web blockers because some of the GIFs are inappropriate websites for it. So you'd have to check with your, your technology team at your school, which, which ones would be acceptable to go through the, the district firewall. Okay, cool. I know I love that because I can already see application in other content areas. So if you're having your students, you know, work through a science experiment, they can do a GIF of their outcome. Or if they're, you know, going outside and collecting data on, you know, um, the weather patterns, they could do a GIF of that. Um, you know, if they're in the math classroom, they could do a GIF of how they got their answer or ways that, you know, the ways that they can represent the solution using virtual manipulatives or concre um, concrete representations. So that's a great tool and a great application. And I think when we talk about 
transferring those particular tech skills across the disciplines. There's lots of application there. So you talked yeah. about how teachers do it. Share a few uh, successes that you've had with technology. Um, another that was mentioned with the GIFs being a formative assessment. Another another t- success would be at the end of the unit. One of the the physical education for high school has eight required content areas Uh and for each of those content areas what we like to at my school we like to do is have the students prevent create a project demonstrating the mastery of of the eight content standards Mm. for example let's let's talk about the track and field unit that's the ninth graders have to do that so at the end of the unit so the, along the way, they got little gifs, little video clips of their, their formative assessments as you went through the, the stations and the task cards. Right. At the end of the unit, they're gonna, they, students are going to use iMovie, and we have iPads available for them to use, or their phones have some kind of video editing software. And what they're going to, we give them a word bank of academic language that needs to nice. be included in their iMovie, and they're going to create a, like a highlight reel of, oh, of wow. their skills using academic language and, and ex- for example it could be rotary motion that's one of the required academic mm. concepts for there and they could sh- demonstrate them doing the discus throw when they're you know rotating their body to throw the discus and then they would put the term rotary motion as it best applies to what one of their skills oh i love it so it's almost like a digital portfolio it's kind yes. of this whole summative assessment of what they've done and what they've demonstrated mastery by the end of the year. Is that correct? By, by the end of the unit. By the oh, end by of the, the end unit. of the unit. So it, are they doing that for every single unit in PE? Just the eight required ones. Oh, okay. Just the eight required. Very cool. I love that. That's a great idea. And in, what about how do you teach them to use that iMovie tool? That we... We break it down into the steps. We have lessons in it. You know, we, we have we're just starting really simple with getting video footage, and we, we teach them how to save it in their, their school issued Google Drive and get organized with their media, put it in their folders, and then we, we move on to making, you know, just the simple videos. That's they'll, they'll send in a raw video, then they'll later get into um, GIFs, and then we take time in teaching them how to use. To use iMovie, we actually have a lesson on it, and the kids are smart as whips. They pick it right up, and they're and they're usually working groups, partners right. or groups, and somebody in there is able to to show the others how to do it. Yeah, I've I've always found that when I do the technology, there's always like three or four rock stars, or you know how many. Um, and typically, you know, those are the kids that might be kind of like the outliers that you can bridge into a leadership position and they get to show their expertise in technology, which is just so empowering as well. So I love the idea of using students teaching students. Yes. So you talked about some successes and I think certainly using portfolios, again, transferring that across the content areas is one super successful way to bridge technology um, in all subjects, but I think as a new teacher, and I know certainly in my experiences using technologies, I've made a lot of mistakes. So what are some mistakes that you've made and what are some lessons learned? Oh, yes, <laughs> lots and lots of mistakes. One just recently kind of happened. We we were able to, to get a, an iPad cart that had 40 iPads in it and 
I was team teaching with another ninth grade teacher. So we, I had 55 students. She has 55. That's a lot of kids. Wow. And only four, 40 iPads. And how we, we said, if you have your smartphone, you're, you're free to use it. If you don't have your smartphone, please come check out an iPad. And what the, the mistake was, we weren't, we weren't as organized as we should have been when we handed out the iPads. And it took a little bit of time to get to get there. We, we signed out their name, but they were in a group. And the person who checked it out may or may not have been the person that brought it in. And we were ended the class period, and we only had 38 iPads. Oh, no. Oh, oh my gosh. What are we going to do? And, you know, we, you sit all the, <laughs> the kids down, and you try, oh, here's one. It was stashed over by the wrestling mats, like stuffed in the corner. Like, okay, how did that happen? And we got right. it back. We, we actually lost one of our iPads that day. It got stolen or lost or I don't know and we were reeked with you know just nightmares and, and terrorized how we can explain to the school that you know we lost the iPad and so we we definitely that's like the worst case scenario what happened and so we got really organized about it in that we had the students sign up as a team for their project and then they we assigned the captain of the team was the one person that was supposed to you know supposed to get the iPad and we numbered the team so we knew I took iPads one through twenty the other teacher took twenty one through forty that was the team numbers we knew exactly who signed up for which iPad I see so that that was a I hopefully hear my story and avoid it if it ever you yeah in your class so assign it. assign the iPads. And then use it to track where the iPads are at. Yes, which group. And then so forever and forever. And this came out really handy too because we had, there was a, we are not in block schedule. We have regular hour. And when students work right up till the bell because they really want their best video to, you know, to be in their project, of course, right. which is good. So they're going to reshoot and reshoot. But it took time to get their little video uploaded to their Google Drive. It takes time to do that. And they had to go to get changed to go to their next class. So that was a problem, too, is like budgeting enough time to upload. So what we and then the Internet at our school sometimes is, is not so stable that if too many people try to log in at once. It like slows down even more. So by issuing the iPad specifically to the particular team wasn't as concerning that they didn't upload. We said, don't worry about uploading because you're going to use this exact same iPad tomorrow. Right. And the next day. Oh, that makes sense. So it was always going to be there. It doesn't matter. Right. It's always going to be there. It doesn't matter. And so then they could just all their raw footage that they got from all their whatever skill we're trying to, you know, it's all in there. Then they pick from that skills. And because the iMovie was already loaded on the iPad. Sure. And they could make their their portfolio straight from that. Sure. No, that makes sense. Well, you talked a little bit about managing the technology. And I know that's a huge undertaking, just the whole logistics of the process, which I think sometimes more often than not prevents teachers from actually putting technology into the hands of the student. So what are some tips that you would uh, recommend for managing the tech use? Um, clear expectations of how they're supposed to use it from the beginning, what's appropriate and inappropriate. And with, with us, because the student, let's, let's take, for example, the dance unit. The students needed the iPad perched 
not in their hands. It needs to be perched in a way, like usually but on the floor, aimed right. up at them while they're dancing. We had to talk to them about being very careful not to step on the iPad while they're dancing and crack the screen or to drop it. And then also we had to talk to them about how uh, when you when you film to make sure you're in the horizontal position, not vertical, because because it gets that black box around it, and you can't see as you can't see the video. It doesn't look as clean as when you film. Um, horizontal. So just some, some tips that we talked to students about how to take care of the equipment, uh-huh. what the expectations were, um, how to, what was imp- inappropriate things to, to film, like never, never do we film, um, you know, in the locker rooms, obviously, or, uh, you know, don't, don't, you know, if somebody, if you, you only film the people in your group, don't, don't film other people in other classes and just, you know, film the, the, the lesson that's only acceptable things to be filmed on there. Right. So you talked a lot about how you front load that tech use, but what what do you do when kids are going on, you know, a website that they shouldn't be on or, you know, um, filming other kids and they shouldn't be doing that? Like, what's the smackdown? Well, they, they lose they lose the technology privilege, and then they have to perform live. They'd have to show me the skills then and there for, you know, for the old school, the old way it was. They right. Don't, they don't get to use the technology anymore, or they'd have to write out the report. And you know, the old, the older ways, they don't get to use technology anymore for misuse of the equipment. And so that's a great way to get them to learn quickly about why they need to follow the rules, right? Right. They don't want to perform their dance live in front of the teacher. They don't like to do that. <laughs> yeah, especially. I mean, I, you know, I taught middle school for a little while, and it's so amazing how that age is a big shift from elementary to middle school. It's no longer, I mean, elementary, they're just focused on wanting to impress the teacher, but middle school, high school, it's really about impressing their peers, which in many ways makes technology just a natural motivator for the students use, because especially like you're saying, you know, a lot of the ways they're doing these performances and sharing with their peers, they want to look good. They want to look skilled. They want to demonstrate competency. Um, Talk to me about motivation and the use of technology and what you do when the students don't want to participate or don't want to show their video to their peers. Yep. So the the motivation in high school and PE, that's, that's a many books have been written about the lack of motivation for high school students and, and not wanting to move or sweat up their hair or, or you know this and that and um, that's that's a great question and what what I find the motivation is they're they're resistant to the teacher in that you are making me do these things that are going to muss up my hair and my clothes and all that if you change the conversation as to this is the standards this is the requirement this is what you'll need to to, to demonstrate mastery of in order to be successful in the class. And it's just like a, a shift of the focus. So the, the focus is on being able to demonstrate that you can do these skills. And then for fitness, right, the fitness, you just, the kids would say, well, why do I have to run? And the answer obviously wouldn't be because I said so. No, it'd be because this is the standards and this is where the range you should, for healthy teens, this is where you should be scoring and, you would fitness test students to let them know in a private, you know, private way. Here's 
where you want us to reuse the online gradebook and you let them know mm. what their scores were and where their scores should be. And that also communicates with parents and families and bring fun things in. Like we're going to do a, something simple is we're going to do the army ranger challenge. Are you as strong as an army ranger? And say you, so army rangers need to do just a basic minimum fitness. They get two minutes to get 59 sit-ups, another two minutes to get 49 push-ups. And you say, okay, you and your partner, see if you together can get these scores of 59 sit-ups and 49 push-ups. And they're like, oh, yeah, easy. And, and for some of them, it is. And others of them, they're, they can't do it. And so it's just kind of little fun little challenges. And you just put a target out there that's you know in the world and it's relevant in the world and just challenge them to, to reach those targets. And then I, I find that it's very little resistance or lack of motivation, so to speak, from students when you approach it that way. Great. So you're taking the onus off of like coming down as, you know, a personal thing and you put it the onus onto them in terms of here's what your target is. Here's where your challenges are. Here's where you need to progress. And then helping them with sounds like goal setting or do you do any of that, like tracking their performance or looking at their growth or? Oh, absolutely. And that brings me up to another app. I love it. There's an app called the QR stopwatch and a QR counter. And how it works is this. I, I make a card, a little, like a, like a business card, if you will. And I laminate a card. Each student has their own card with the QR code on it. Mm. And what happens whenever they run by, they hold up their card. And with my phone, I pick up the code and it goes to an Excel sheet. Wow. And yeah. And, and so I'm able to chart exactly their times if I'm doing the the uh you know their mile times for example or their 20 minute if I'm giving them a 20 minute run I can count the number of laps that they got and it goes in excel sheets and then I keep track of it so I can able to graph and and really easy simple way communicate with students where where they are in their time and each so each each time I after a run of a, a you know performance assessment on cardio aerobic capacity I'll put the scores on their Jupiter grades or online gradebook, and then they can also track and see how their times are improving or, or what's going on with their, their fitness that way. That's amazing. And, you know, as a math teacher, I'm saying, hey, let them do the calculations. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. But that is yes. so cool. I love that because we did, um, you know, a lesson on ratios, and they had to find their rate per second. So um, I had them calculate it, but we actually went out, you know, um, to the track to do this math lesson and they got their own data, which was super motivating for them um, in terms of getting them to engage and then to go back and actually do the math. So can never get enough math and especially across the curriculum. What other... Um, what other apps would you recommend? You talked about the QR stopwatch, which I'm going to definitely download. Yeah, and, and QR counter. There's the stopwatch and the counter there. Okay. Ninety-nine cents from Apple Store. Easy. Um, another app I use for PE, but you can definitely has implications for classroom is um, the Team Shake, and you put all your students in, on the list in there, and you can easily sort them in group groupings. Um, however big a group you want, it divides the class in there. And what's neat about Team Shake also is privately, just so the teacher can see, you can distinguish characteristics of the students, like, uh, you know, gender, if you wanted to do that. You can do it, um, you know, strength level from weakest to strongest, like a five-step Likert scale. You know, oh, wow. Whatever. 
So you can group them that way. You can also, and I recently discovered the app it was the greatest. You can you can set it up with a pose, students oppose. So if you've got a couple of kids, you want to make sure don't get grouped together because they get into mischief or talk too much or whatever in their group. You can set that so no matter when you shake it, they will never be put together. Oh, cool. So you can also put, uh, so they some people can always be together. Now, it's good with your um, English language learners who maybe has a buddy that can help translate for them to make sure that they're always uh, going to be paired together, however the shake works. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. And you're also talking about good grouping strategies that we need to be mindful of uh, when we're planning instruction. Wonderful. So we had an opportunity to talk about some tools, some tips, some ways. Is there anything else that you want to share about why teachers and how teachers can bridge the gap between the classroom practices to educational technology? Yeah, I would I would just suggest this. For teachers who are, who are kind of nervous about doing it or, or trying it or sticking your toe in there, I say go for it. And mm-hmm. it's nothing wrong with letting your students know, like, hey, I'm going to try this new technology. I'm not sure it's going to work. Give me some feedback. Help me out. Let's try this. And this is why I want to I want to try it because I think this is a better way to teach a lesson. And your students will be incredibly helpful and kind and supportive when you let them know that you're, you're trying to do something that's going to help them. Absolutely. I think that's a huge point. Just go for it. And as you shared, be open. And I think also don't be afraid to fail is really important. I remember the first time I used Google Slides with my students and I wanted them to like take notes was we were going through um, a math concept and I set it to edit only and kids were deleting stuff and moving things and I didn't know who was doing what. It was just such a hot mess. So then I just changed it to view only and everyone had to make their own copy, which then became a tool for me to also assess them and see what they were able to do on their own. So it was kind of like a win-win because I learned how to, you know, better master the technology and use technology as a tool for, you know, assessing and learning more about my students too. So don't be afraid to fail. Don't be able to be afraid to Try new things, and as Kim shared, you know, be open and honest with your kids and give them the tools, let them own it, let them move it, let them shake it, let them be part of that process. Well, Kim, thanks so much for joining us on Teacher Prep Tech, and we look forward to having you back in soon talking about more wonderful ways to bring in technology and plan instruction for physical education as well. Thank you. I appreciate you letting me be here today. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us.